It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stuck at home. Bored and alone, you'd think I could have some fun on my own, but I'm bored AF. I'm bored AF. With Cecily and Stephanie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Board AF. Oh, my God. We have a lot to get to. I'm Stephanie Wilder-Taylor. This is Cecily Nobler. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) See, you could never make it. Being a like a bitchy server at a restaurant where you're supposed to be bitchy because you'd be too nice. I'm a I'm a Texan. We we may not be nice behind your back, but we'll be nice (laughs) to your face. That's what we do. Uh, That's a real thing. Okay. so do you want to tell us the Carlton story before we get into anything else? Because I feel like people are right now. They're like, well, I'm only tuning in to hear about the Carlton story. Okay, I would love to. And I do think it's funny because Steph and I did not plan this. We did not realize that both of us have countless stories about sidekicks from 80s sitcoms. Right. What are the odds of that? So Carlton um, from Fresh Prince. Now, were you a Fresh Prince like fan? Not really. I mean, sorry. I, I mean, I vaguely. I wasn't either. Vague, Don't be sorry to me. Vague I, memories. It, it was terrible. I love Will Smith and. I mean, but it's not it's not that good of a show. So this guy, okay, let's go back to when I was twelve. <laughs> okay. The guy's name is Alfonso Ribeiro. Okay. <laughs> so it's Carlton is Alfonso Ribeiro. That's his real name. Okay. Um, and my dad, I have a lot of dad radio station stories. So he was the general manager of a radio station in Dallas. Um, as you know, I'm from Waco Dallas Waco slash Dallas. <laughs> You're from Waco Dallas. That sounds reasonable. Well, I lived in Waco and Dallas. Okay. Okay. So he, I was kind of the new kid and I was real, we talked about like, I wore parachute pants and I always wore like a fedora because I love John Taylor. Like, why wouldn't I just love John Taylor and want, not your John Taylor. Well, you also loved him. I feel like, I feel, I've accused you. (laughs) I mean, I love John, your John is here right now. Do you want to talk to him? Uh, Could I? Do you Mm -hmm. mind? Hold on. Let me see if I can wake him up. Do you want to talk to Steph? She's not mad. She's not mad. Okay. He doesn't, he's scared. He just feels like he's going to yell at him. I don't even know how he got here, honestly. No, like, so John Taylor Duran Duran. Yes. But why would I not try to be cute? Like for John and why I had this weird thing where instead I would try to dress like the guy I liked. 
Do you know what I mean? Like instead I, of saying put on lipstick, I was like, let me try to look like Simon Lebon instead of trying to make him like me. But I think that was cool. And you were like a theater kid. I mean, because yeah, I, I was so go- I was so goofy and I wasn't nerdy. Like I didn't like Star Trek or anything like oh, Star no. Wars or I played Dungeons and Dragons. Like no nerds wanted to be We're around theater. me. But no, but no, but I wasn't I didn't belong to anything. But like I thought it was cool to wear a bandana around my head but not in like a cool way in like a russian peasant woman kind of oh, way like, you like i tied it like well oh. yeah i almost like that i tied it underneath my hair in the back but i uh-huh. kind of wore it like i was wearing like a bonnet you know what i mean and yes. it was t- i mean and people would make fun of me and i just wouldn't understand like how i just didn't understand how to be cool well i mean you're as you know, I was a mime, so it doesn't, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be hopeful in that situation. <laughs> I, so I was kind of young and trying to dress. I always tried to dress like Michael Jackson a little bit too. I always had like red and black shirts with zippers all over them and stuff, you know? Yes. So, so I wasn't very cool at all. And my dad would get, have these events with the radio station. I get to go. And one of the events was with Alfonso Ribeiro, but it was before, I think he had been on silver spoons. Uh-huh. With Jason Bateman and Ricky Schroeder, both whom I loved. And so I knew him from that. And he was doing a Broadway show like, oh, the tap dance kid. <laughs> he was doing that show. So they were on tour and he came to do something. So it, this is the cutest thing. We met at this event and then he asked my dad like he was getting on bended knee and he asked for permission to take me to get a milkshake. Really? And it wasn't like to boys of the yard. It was like a real just a milkshake. Like, let's go. Is how 50s and cute is that? That's very cute. So cute. So we, I think we went and got a milkshake and that was it. I was very, I didn't even have my first kiss until I was like 18. So that wasn't going to happen, but it was adorable. He's adorable. Cut to many years later, I went to Kathy, one of Kathy Griffin's Christmas parties. Okay. I was, um, a friend, a friend, one of her writers was a friend of mine. So I went as his plus one and, um, Alfonso was there. And so I reminded him of the story. He was with his wife. I don't know if they're still together, but he was so Not nice. after running into you, probably. No, because no, he was like, she's still single? What? <laughs> and he was so nice. And I reminded him of the story. And he pretended to remember. But, like, you know he didn't remember. So we took a picture. So I have a picture of uh, the same. Like, I tried to get on the same side. So uh-huh. I have a picture from when we were 12. And then a picture of us uh, from – and that was probably, like, 10 years ago. So – I don't know what he's doing now, but he's nice. Nice. All our little sitcom sidekicks are so nice. Do you have any good uh, Kathy Griffin stories? She was actually really friendly to me, too. Her her party was black tie only. So I was like loving that. I thought that was awesome. And I put on like a ball gown and like this like crazy dramatic scarf Mm -hmm. and all this. I have this picture of it. And she came up to me, you know, she doesn't know me. And she came up to me at her own, in her house and just said, I just want to thank you for actually listening. No one listens to me. And you actually dressed up and like, thank you. I thought that was, I was like, thank you for having me at your party. That's really so I, nice. I like Kathy. Although one time she yelled at my friend at Largo for talking during someone's set, <gasps> which oh. I can kind of see why you would, I, you could just say, Hey, could you be quiet? You know, we don't talk here instead of just like, shut up. So she did kind of go crazy. Yeah. Do you have any Kathy stories? I bet you do. I mean, I, you know, there's all the stories about her, you know, just kind of having a lot of sex with people. Oh, yeah. 
And I definitely knew some people that were like, had a lot of sex with her and thought maybe she liked them. But you know what I mean? I don't want to mention names, but I had some guy friends that were like, thought they were her boyfriend Oh, because she constantly wanted to have sex with them and then found out the hard way that like, no, that's just her thing. She does. You don't have to tell me who it is, but do I know any of these guys? Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I know one and I won't say who he is, but that she tried to, I know one guy she tried to allegedly have sex with. I believe it because that was her thing. And he said no. And she was kind of agitated. Oh, so that, you know, everybody's got their thing. (laughs) Everybody's got their something. I used to really like her show, the B list, the D list. -list. Yeah. Yeah. You, you upgraded her. I loved her show, the A list, the most famous (laughs) people in the world. She's no, she's very. And and I don't know if I told you this, but I, it was my idea for her to do the Trump head thing. I'm just kidding. Why would that be my idea? How would she, why would she listen to it when I don't even know her? You know, I just taking credit for something that just like completely devastated her career in the most lighthearted way. But the like a lot of people don't know this, but I actually gave her that idea. So literally the worst idea. I'm no fan of Trump, but that was just not a way to gain. That was just not going to help. That did not help. It just did not help. I just think, I I just think I didn't think it was funny, but I don't think it was meant to be funny, but I was, I couldn't believe that people were as offended by it. I mean, I thought that was so ridiculous. Well, I think some of that outrage was fake, but I did think it was really dumb. I, I was, I wasn't offended, but I was like, that is, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Like, I, I didn't like it. We do, we do not cut <laughs> off the heads of statesmen. Okay? Let's just not do that. Um, not for me. <laughs> no, You know what? As I've said before, uh, that's what makes horse races. You choose. That's Stephanie likes that. I don't. It's well, like speaking, like, speaking mm-hmm. of stuff that some of us like and some of us don't, mm-hmm. uh, we, we decided that we were going to make a list of our – Favorite movies of all time. Yes. So that, you know, and listen, that kind of thing is like, there's probably movies that I'm going to see and go, oh my God, I forgot about that movie. That's actually my favorite. I do that a lot. Of course. But we're going to give you some that we came up with. And I just want to preface it with the fact that like, I have really bad taste in a lot of things. I have very, I have very commercial taste. I've always had like, from when I was a little girl, when I was a little girl, I sound like <laughs> Ramona. When I was a little girl, I was very comforted by like top 40 music on the sure. radio. And yeah. I always had like, I, I listened to, you know, the radio a lot. And I liked what was on the radio. I liked Debbie Gibson. And and I think in some ways my taste hasn't, I've never had super alternative taste. Okay. Okay. But I like, I so anyway, just know that about me. Before you judge, but then I still want you to judge. I want you to judge my choices if you choose. All right. So I think you you're going to be surprised that I won't. Okay. But go. Yes. Cause I'm, I'm with you on that. I like, I like things that other people like too. Okay. I'm I mean, gonna, I do I'll give you I, musically, maybe not, but okay. So okay, you go first. Probably all time favorite movie that mm-hmm. I could, that I've watched many, many, many times and could watch over and over is, um, Albert Brooks, modern romance. Oh my God. It's on my list. It is. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Okay. I, well, you and I have shared videos like back and forth that we yes. can find on YouTube. This movie, so it's Albert Brooks. He, I guess, wrote and directed it. It's very hard to find, by the way. I know. 
It's very difficult, but it is, it's Albert Brooks going through a breakup. That's really all you need to know. And it is just, it's just, it's his finest, like his genius. I, there's just so many funny lines mm-hmm. that are so quotable. It's, it's just so funny. I mean, there's just, it's just laugh out loud funny to me. All the things I mean, like it opens up. Okay. He's at, he's breaking up with his girlfriend played by Catherine. Oh my God. What's her name? Oh my God. Don't ask me questions now you've, cause she's not really super famous. No, but right? this is, but I have a funny thing to tell you about this. Okay. Wait, modern romance, Catherine, Lars. what's her name? Uh, modern romance, Albert Let's Brooks. See who can find it first. Okay. Catherine Harold. Catherine Harold. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not like, you know, I don't know, maybe I want to say six years ago, I had a friend who, because both of our, we both had a kid, uh, or I had both my kids, my twins, they went to preschool together mm-hmm. and this girl was my friend and she was telling me that she started therapy and she really liked her new therapist. And she was like, yeah, she's really cool, like really down to earth. And um, uh, her name's and then she tells me the name. And I was like, that is she, did she used to be an actress? Oh, my God. She's a therapist. Yes, now? she's a therapist and apparently a very good one. I need one. OK, that would be cool. Yes. So, okay. okay. So that movie, so they start, the movie opens with them having the, just the funniest conversation. He's breaking up with her and he's like, have you, have you heard of a no win situation? <laughs> and then she's just looking at him and he's like, uh, Vietnam, us, they're around. <laughs> Lines like so that. Many things like that. My favorite, as you know, and I, we don't want to spoil like the, the editing thing. So he's an editor uh, and when he has to put the sounds in yeah, the whole, you know what I'm talking about, Foley, yeah. Yes, he's a Foley, like he has to do this Foley, and it's it's hard to explain, and it's better if you just see it, and I wish we could find a way for you, because I know for a while, Albert, for some reason, wouldn't allow HBO, like he just wouldn't Why? sell it. I don't know, but then eventually he got, he allowed it to be on Netflix for like five days. It was a really weird thing. Oh Something my like God. That. I always get the things wrong. It was like he what happened was Albert Brooks bought Netflix for five days and then he sold it. Like that's not true. He didn't buy it. <laughs> but he like he allowed something he did this little speech before, but he's just very protective for some reason. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want everyone to see modern romance, but you can't I know. buy it. Oh, oh that makes so me so sad. Weird. I have it on VHS. You too. Somewhere. Yeah. Me too. Actually, I have it from, I have it taped from something like it was like a copy of a copy. So it's not even the real, like it was never really bought. Like it's a bootleg. Oh, that's funny. That I think Matt, my ex-boyfriend from many years ago, Matt made me a bootleg of modern romance, which was a sweet thing to do. You know? Yeah. Matt. Very. Um, so that's what, the, but then, and then I have to, I can't not say the other one that goes along with that because it's my other very favorite movie, which is Lost in America. Also great. Also Albert Brooks. That you can find. I just recommended that on my radio show, actually. It's kind of tough to find, but that you can get. You can get it on Amazon, I think. Also yeah, great. Those two movies were were like some of my favorites. Okay, you do you do one. Funny you say Albert Brooks, because as you know, my all-time favorite, and this never wait this never changes. I have a lot of favorite movies, but broadcast news is always my number one. Yes, Always. I know that's your favorite movie. He did not write that. James L. Brooks wrote and directed that, but he's in it with Holly Hunter. 
and William Hurt at it's William Hurt, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, how would I not know that for a second? And I that character of Jane that Holly Hunter plays like made me feel I think we talked about this. It's made me feel OK to be such a like high, strong, crazy person because I was like, but she's adorable. Like you can be jumpy and adorable at the same time. I don't have to always, you know, I'm not a chill surf girl. <laughs> like I love, and I love anything that has to do with the media. I don't know why, but I love movies that like net the movie network and movies that have to deal with like the news. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that, but I just love that genre. And then it was also a romance and it's a perfect movie. Start to finish. There's no questions. My favorite. Movie. So you don't, you're not going to, you like that too. I love, yes, love that movie. It's also one of my favorites too. Okay. Give me another one. Okay. Okay. Well, I could, I'll go cheesy right now. Dead Poet Society. Okay. You lost me. Now. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't know. I, I think it's, it hit me at a time of life. I don't know. And I, I, I saw it. I cried so hard that I went back and saw it like five more times. Oh, oh, the, I see. It, I shouldn't say you lost me. I think I cried when I saw it, too. I, it's a good movie. It just it, <clears> so it's many scenes. I love little DC ish, though. Yeah. for That's why I thought you might judge me. And that's okay. I'm not judging. I'm not judging you. That, nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't okay, judge you okay well, then I'll move right into another Robin Williams movie, though, that is really another one that I could watch over and over and over. It makes me cry. Pat and Adams. I just, just kidding. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Bicentennial man. Oh, no. Uh, Awakenings. Oh, that is good. That's really good. De Niro. Ah, oh, so right? oh, yeah, good never. in it. I just, I just think it's so well acted. It's just so moving. It's such a good story. It's, I love anything that also that's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oliver Sacks, right? Yes. Was, I think. Yes. Yeah. That is, that's a great movie. I'm not going to judge you on any, even if you said, even if you said like Mrs. Doubtfire 2, I wouldn't judge you. I don't you. care, but that's the fun of it. I don't mind you. Ju- okay. I don't mind being judged because it's you. You're not really, you're not being David Cross when <laughs> telling me that my uh, taste, that Janice Ian sucks and I better like the cave dogs or I'm an idiot. <laughs> Cave dogs. Um, okay, I think we're going to agree on all these. I'm going to give you one. Maybe you won't agree on this, but I don't think you're going to yell at me. Um, Anchorman is in my top 10. Oh, classic. Yeah. Okay, see, this is, it's hard because we agree too much with me. I mean, it's just, it. okay, let me give you something that people might not know. If you get a chance with Anchorman, it's not just the movie itself because we've all seen it probably. If you haven't, you need to see it. Um, you want to watch the DVD commentary. Did I mention that? I think I have. It's so, and it's very funny. Yes. It's, they never deal with the movie itself. They, right. It's, right. It's so it's Adam McKay and Will Ferrell and they never even talk about the movie. That's the whole point of a commentary track. Like you're supposed to be like, oh, in this scene. Right. Right. The, right. Right. But right. no, instead they like bring in people that weren't even in the movie. They bring yeah. in um, Andy Richter for no reason. <laughs> and he's like, why am I even here? They bring in Lou Rawls before he died. <laughs> And he just talks about stuff that has nothing to do with it. It's it. I, that is like, you will cry laughing. I highly recommend that. Yeah. We, I love Adam McKay too. Oh my God. He's so funny. Okay. What else? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Now I'm going way back. Okay. Back, 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 back. Polyester. It's John Waters, John Waters movie. Yes. From my youth. Oh my God. When it's one of these things, it's like a, you know, cult kind of Mm -hmm. movie. And I remember discovering it with this other friend of mine in high school 
and just going, oh my God, it was so fun to like be in on the joke. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're watching something that's like that people might just think, oh, this movie's so weird. And I remember thinking, this is so funny. I cannot believe how much this movie captures like what I think is funny. I love that. I love John Waters. Yes. It stars Divine as like a housewife and they play it really straight as Mm -hmm. Divine is just this housewife who's having, who has this horrible life and everything's really cartoony. Her husband's like a bastard and she has this friend um, who's played by, I can't remember the actress's name, who's long since, you know, John Waters, he just always has these weirdos Mm -hmm. in his movies and, uh, and her name's Francine and she's an alcoholic and so she's like in a store at one point and she's like, I'm an alcoholic. And then she pukes in her purse. It's just, it's oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I had so, I used to just quote the movie over and over and over and I still could watch that. That's a good one. I don't think I've ever seen it. I love John Waters and I don't, I love him more as like when I see him interviewed, when oh, he's yeah. like Bill Maher or something, I love on anything. I think I love him more as a person and as a, like a writer, like a book writer than I do his movies, if that makes sense. Yeah. He has some like, really funny humor books. Oh, he's One's so called brilliant. Crackpot, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, with little humorous essays that, that are inspiring when I feel like when I need to sit down and write and try to be funny it's great books to like go back and like kind of read over to myself. Yes, that that um, that's how I feel about Carrie Fisher. When I feel like I want to write better, I go back and read like postcards. Mm. I know that we're supposed to say like I go back and I read Jane Austen and that's yeah. that's just how I get. But it's like, no, nah, Carrie Fisher. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can do both. But OK, I have one that I know that you're going to agree with. OK. You've talked about it many times over the decades of friendship um seems like old times mm. Neil Simon she's no? not she's not that oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh. no I was gonna do a line from it she's not outside <laughs> eating chicken that's for sure <laughs> that's that's so good that was good that was <laughs> did you get a dialect coach <laughs> I did I did I worked with somebody over Skype so I'm still kind of proud of myself that is amazing yes there's so many she's I, not that- outside eating chicken that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. I will just tell you Chevy Chase, Charles Grodin, and Goldie Hawn. It was the best casting based on a Neil Simon play. By the way, I went down a Neil Simon, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? Rabbit not a hole. Portal. Yes, rabbit hole. Not a not a portal into another universe. <laughs> oh, I went through a wormhole. To a black hole, yeah. <laughs> But I watched on TCM and now there's quickly, they're kind of in my top 20, The Goodbye Girl, which I've seen a million times with my old boss, Richard Dreyfuss. Great movie. Uh Love it. It holds up, by the way. I just watched it last night. And for the first time ever with Jack Lemmon, I watched The Prisoner of Second Avenue. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay. It's, it's tough. It's like, it's just anxiety the whole time, but it's just a guy, it's a guy having a nervous breakdown but like in a Neil Simon kind of way. So I don't want to give you too many movies, but it, and it wasn't very well received at the time. Like the reviews aren't that great, but I have never, aside from Holly Hunter and broadcast news, I really don't think I've ever related to a character more than this Jack Lemon character. Do you think, because he, I don't know. Do you think that for some men, it's like his Holly, it's like their Holly Hunter, like where they oh. go, Oh my gosh, I've never like felt like I, it was okay to be an angsty man. Yes. Well, I think all of Neil Simon, look at like, you've got Charles Grodin, who you know that I had a crush on, you know, that in like, I had a big crush on Charles Grodin growing up. And I bet a lot of people are like, I don't know who that is. No, I did too. And he's, 
And he's in one of my next one of my next choices of movies. Oh my god, Midnight See, Run. Oh, that's such a good one. See, it's like we planned this, but we did not. Mm-hmm. Charles Grodin, by the way, I did try to get my mom to find like a poster of him when I was like five or six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they don't have posters of Charles Grodin <laughs> at the mall. We can get you like Travolta. I, was like, I don't want Travolta. Grodin or nothing. I really find him attractive. But yes, okay. All the Neil Simon stuff. Yes. And then also Midnight Run is such a good, you have very good taste. Uh, well, hold on though. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? My taste isn't that bad, but I'll give you another movie. Here's another movie that you've probably never seen that I could watch that I've watched many, many times because it's so good. Have you ever seen the movie Set It Off? I don't think I have. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this movie so much. It always makes me cry. Not that you have to cry to be a good movie, but uh, it's with Jada Pinkett and uh, Queen Latifah is in it. And it's about these, it's these four black girls that start mm-hmm. robbing banks. And How long ago was this? I don't know. 90s? 90s. Okay. Uh, it's so good. I feel like I've, I, that somehow slipped by me. Yeah. Well, it's really, really good, but it's not, you know, it's not like highbrow. What if you just made up a movie and then because I'm a movie critic, I have to pretend that I know it. So you're like pink dot power. You never saw pink dot power. Like, and I'm like, wow. What? Hmm, first. How long have you been reviewing movies? That just never. Huh. That's so weird. It's Dustin Hoffman and you never saw. Hmm, okay. Sometimes oh my you God. Them. Oh my God. You just oh, made Tootsie. me think that Tootsie is probably, probably Tootsie is probably my all time favorite movie of all time. It's, it's in my top three. It's definitely in my top three. Oh there's my no- God. There's so many quotable lines I from know. that one too. I know. And that also very much holds up. And a little thing I just learned about Dustin Hoffman. So we ju- I just mentioned Goodbye Girl. Uh-huh. And allegedly Neil Simon wrote the role that Richard Dreyfuss plays. That is based on Dustin Hoffman as a person and like a really annoying actor. Because, oh, you know, he's really? kind of an obnoxious guy. Yeah. So it was based on... <sighs> And De Niro was supposed to play the part that Dreyfus ended up getting and winning an Oscar for. I get so excited about movies. Wow. I know. Little tidbits that I might <sighs> may or may not be making up. So Dustin Hoffman was kind of playing himself then? No, not in Tootsie. This was in Goodbye Girl. So Dreyfus played oh, Neil oh. Simon. I guess he'd worked with Dustin Hoffman. He knew him and for many reasons. And so I think he thought he was kind of obnoxious. So he he wrote this character who in Goodbye Girl, who's this like really obnoxious actor. Right, right, right. Um, oh, my God. We have so- Tootsie holds up, by the way. I saw oh. it maybe a year ago and it's ex- it's it per- it's also a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. It takes its time. It's real. It's mm-hmm. long. And, you know, you don't realize that Dustin Hoffman, it's 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 not Mrs. Doubtfire. Like he doesn't get into the costume. Right. For a long time into the movie. Right. There's a lot of character setup. There's this scene at the beginning, and I don't know if people are going to relate to this. I'm sure everybody has this in their own movie. There's certain things that sit, stay with me where there's this, they're at a party at the beginning. And do you remember that what's his name is in it? Um, Dabney Coleman. No, Bill Murray. Oh, Bill, Bill Murray is in right, it. With Terry Gar. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Murray's in it. And he's really funny in it. They're at this party at the, they have a party at their apartment and Terry Gar's there. And there's mm-hmm. just this lady this like kind of overweight, like character actressy lady who's there. And so he's playing, Dustin Hoffman's playing the piano mm-hmm. and uh, the character actress is like just sitting there staring at him kind of moony. And she's like, that's nice, Michael. And it's, 
it's just this really subtle like there's this whole story about it and the terry gar and she i would imagine you relate to her a little bit too i love her oh god yes yes always high strung Yeah, yeah that's a great movie that's so interesting well, the scene where she shows up and Bill Murray is like trying to buy time because yes. Dustin Hoffman's getting out of his making. He's like, I had a dream about you. You he was like, you you had really big teeth, but you were still a really nice person. I don't know why that always you have really big teeth. Do you think that some of that was ad libbed? Oh, sure. With Bill Murray, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine so. But well, I don't know, actually, though, because I actually don't know because I know that there was uh, it took a while for that movie to be made. I was just reading about that recently. Like there was Dustin Hoffman is so controlling that. But it turned out it actually worked out because whatever he wanted done, however it worked out, we got a perfect movie. Well, a lot of people wrote on that movie. So I heard that it went Mm -hmm. through a ton of drafts and it It ended up it was written by the guy who wrote MASH. Oh, Larry um, Gelbert. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so right. but I heard that it wasn't I mean, there were a lot of names that event that were taken off of the off of it because mm-hmm. it just people lost credit on the movie. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wonder, imagine that there's probably a cut of that somewhere that like because I know. Sid- so Sidney Pollack directed it, but it was h- him and Dustin. They both had creative control. So oh. it just it just made it kind of but it worked like it whatever whatever fights they had. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Worked. Yeah. The guy who wrote Midnight Run, this is a mm-hmm. like a little um, tidbit. So years ago, I was trying to write screenplays with um, Bonnie McFarlane, our friend, mm-hmm. and uh, we were tr- uh, we both love the movie Midnight Run. And she read an article by the guy who wrote Midnight Run, basically that he'd written a ton of other screenplays and none of them sold. Wow. And the reason that he and but that Midnight Run, the reason it worked and was easier to write and sold was because it was a road movie. Apparently road movies are a lot easier to write when you're on the move. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of interesting. This is very interesting. And uh, by the way, your scripts, I remember reading one or two were very funny and you should, they should have been huge and maybe will be someday. They should have. But at the time, the movie that people, everybody wanted to buy was uh, the Nancy Pimentel's movie, the sweetest thing. Oh God. Which we would have to go into meetings and they'd be like, Nancy Myers. Was that Nancy Pimentel? Oh, no. She wrote this. The movie, The Sweetest Thing with Cameron Diaz. And it was just really dirty, raunchy. 
Horrible. Horrible movie. The script was even worse. It The tone was all over the place. And we'd go into meetings and they'd be like, have you read the script for The Sweetest Thing? Oh, and God. Like, I can't uh, remember you telling me. I remember doing like when I first started doing stand up and, you know, you want those managers want to brand you. Mm-hmm. And they would say like, well, who are I was like, I don't really have a thing, though, because I don't really talk about politics and I don't really have. And, I was, and they were like, well, who are your idols? And I said, well, I love Mary Tyler Moore. Like I like kind of a goody goody. <laughs> right? Like I kind of like that, you know. Right. And so one guy was like, how about your Mary Tyler whore? I remember that in a oh meeting. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think I like went with it for like, I, I don't, I was so, it was so not who I am. And I think I like put it on a couple bios and I was like, this doesn't feel right. I think we know the title of this episode. <laughs> oh, see how sometimes it comes together, but not usually. Okay. Let's finish up our movies. Okay. Who, what else do you have? I'm just going to throw in, um, I know it's not cool to say this right now, but I still love Annie Hall. I, I do. have on my list too. We see, we're the same. And this is a newer one. It was maybe five years ago, but Silver Linings Playbook really holds up for me. Did you like that? I did like that movie. Not as much as everybody else, but I did like it. I really love that. Uh, I mean, we've really covered a lot. Oh, there's a movie that no one has seen and you probably haven't seen, but it kind of comes back to the thing where I love like movies about the press and news and stuff. Yeah, yeah. um, Called Shattered Glass. It was a oh, true yeah, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the uh not the Washington Post, the the guy who was accused of lying. Of plagiarizing this yeah, guy, pl- Stephen Glass. It's yes. really good. It's this guy named Billy Ray who does a lot of really good movies. He's a great writer. I think he also directed this. But I, I that's maybe not on my top ten list, but it's something that people um probably haven't heard of. You should seek it out. It's called Shattered Glass and it's really, really good. Okay, let me just see. Oh, oh, I have one, though, that um, uh, that I love this movie so much. Uh, Bottle Rocket. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the Wes Anderson. Although. But I don't don't like a lot of Wes Anderson. I I don't love it. I don't love Bottle Rocket. I I know it's cool to love it, but I don't love it. It's cool to love it? Yes. I feel like it did so poorly at the time. And when I went to see it and I forgot who I was with, but we. Oh, my friend Mike Landry. We -hmm. were laughing so hard that people thought we were like making fun of it or being obnoxious. We got told to be quiet. And I was like, this is maybe the funniest movie I've ever seen. I have to go back. I think that happened to me, by the way, in, in the movie Walk Hard. And I was asked to leave the press room because <gasps> I was pounding. I was laughing so hard that I was like pounding the seat. And somebody said, you need to like, you're going to have to go. What? I stayed. Yeah. I mean, why would you not who like what publicist wouldn't want <laughs> You laughing at their mood. That was, you're supposed to laugh, but I guess I was making it really difficult for other people to like get into it. Well, what, what movie was that? Walk Hard with, um, John C. Riley. Oh, Oh. I haven't seen that. Oh, I don't know. It's like a spoof of, again, like documentary now it's a spoof of biopics because I hate a biopic. Hate, (laughs) hate them. Okay. So this like makes fun of that. Mm-hmm. And it really it's like based on a this like it's a fake country singer named Dewey Cox, which I know oh, is gross. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that's and, gross. But oh. <laughs> what's it called? Walk tall? Walk hard. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I it's just maybe I was just in that mood. You right, know, maybe I was right. just mood like for whatever reason, it just hit me. Mm-hmm. And I just like couldn't breathe. 
Oh my God, there's so many good movies. I yeah. love movies. Did you have anything else on your list or is that it? Um, that's, oh, The Apartment. That's an old one with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. I love that. But that's just me being cool. That's that's a good movie. See, I didn't put anything on my list that's that cool. But I mean, is it that cool? <laughs> like, is it? It's not like we're, we're not picking like sci-fi. Like I could have said, oh, there was this guy in high school that I had a big crush on. It was a total nerd, like Star Trek guy. Uh-huh. His name was Andy Dean. And, um, he would always get into these, like really, he'd find these like bootleg B, you know, movies. And there was one called Inframan from like Japan. And uh-huh. I had to pretend like I liked it. He was like, we're going to have a viewing of Inframan tonight at my house. So I get in my little Datsun and drive <laughs> to his house and then pretend like I liked Infra, like just hoping he would just not even kiss me. I was too scared to kiss him, but just like, look at me. But he was so into this sci-fi, like he was one of those guys where I was like, yeah, we're just, you know, like it had to be from another country. Right. I remember going to this screening and this is going to lead us into a story that uh, something that I want you to tell me about. But I remember being invited to a screening of a Louis C.K. movie. It was like in black and white. (laughs) And it had to do with Louis C.K. I want to say like shitting on a toilet. And it was so weird. And I remember, I think I went with Pug Penson. I'm pretty sure I went with Pug Penson and his friend. Uh, you remember I his, know his friend. Yeah, we know who his friend is. His you don't have best to say. friend who's yeah. married to. Okay, so he had this best friend. Oh, his name is. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mayan Massane. And uh, right. Yes. <laughs> So Pug Penson and Mayan Massane. Now, Mayan Massane was <laughs> never nice to me, like me barely acknowledged my presence. It was so clear that I was not cool enough to hang out with Pug Penson or Mayan Massane. I and- don't think it's you. I think that he doesn't have the capability. I don't think it's personal. Honestly, I swear to you, I don't think it's personal. I'm not. I don't know why I'm defending him, but he, he was always that way to, too. to me. I think he was scared of what? Because you're hot. He had a girlfriend who he's he's married married to now. Yeah. Okay. And then I don't know why. Forget it. Forget it. You're right. (laughs) I think he just didn't think I was cool. But we went to this Louis C.K. screening. And I remember being like, oh, my God, this is lost on me. Like people are laughing or they're enjoying it. And I was so put off by the whole thing. And it was so just dirty and shocking and not. It was terrible. Right. I wonder what that was. See, oh, aren't those romantic memories? Isn't what a romantic memory? And then I had to kind of pretend like it was one of those bad situations where you're like, yeah, that was genius. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah, because you you think there's something wrong. You're trying to be cool. Everybody was trying to be cool for right pug, now. Pug. Now <laughs> you have a you found some news out oh. about Louis C.K. Yeah. And then I didn't follow up on it, but I will tell you what I know. This happened, I guess, last week. And allegedly I'm a news, I'm a news person. So I have to, I know how to say alleged reportedly, Mm -hmm. uh, Louis CK donated to Biden's campaign, like a couple grand and Biden's campaign returned it. That's amazing. I, okay, so what do we think about? Let's let's break this down because I I had very mixed feelings. I'm going to look up the story as we're talking to make sure nothing's changed on this. I think I what I love about our podcast is that mm-hmm. we the clicking of our computers. It sounds like we're in a newsroom, like it's like <laughs> yes, this just right. in. 
Yeah, did, 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 my, I have such an old computer too. I so it really sounds like that. Okay, yeah, this was a day ago. It got picked up again. The story. It was twenty eight hundred dollars that he tried to allegedly donate, and they returned it. They rejected the donation. So why Ugh. do you think? Does it say why? I think they didn't say why. I'm looking right now. I'm scared to click on the story because then it'll, it'll bring up a video which will be loud. Are you okay with that? Yeah, play it. Okay, okay let's see what we have here. Um, I think the idea was just like they didn't want... Oh, it says the campaign said it refunded the money in light of sexual misconduct allegations against the comedian. Whoa. Yeah, well, I think that that's important. Yeah, I but... I, I don't know. I'm torn. I mean, I mean, you're kind of a Bernie bro, so I get why you would not a Bernie bro. For the record, do not listen to her (laughs) tricks. That's a trick. She's trying to trick you. I am definitely not. I I like Biden. I know Biden's under fire, which I think we don't know the full story on that. So I don't want to comment on Biden's situation. But I know that, you know, if you consider the source, sometimes it is. Trump people, sometimes it is Bernie bros that like, you know, like, I, I don't know right. what that's about. Um, I, I never want to like say that someone's not telling the truth. So, I mean, I, I always, I do, I do know that the person, okay. Who's accusing Joe Biden, Biden of sexual misconduct is also super alt-right and was yeah. posting some stuff about how much, how Putin is a great guy. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. she was, no, like, I believe, can, I'm saying, yeah. So it's like, so we don't know don't know on that. And, and really at this point, there's nothing we can like, this is the guy that we've, this is the guy now. So we can choose between the two things. So, but so do I you understand. think it makes Joe Biden look like, look guilty? Like I don't want to associate myself with sexual misconduct in case people put it together and associate me with sexual misconduct. Or do Probably. you think it's just, I'm going to take a stand and I don't want that dirty money. I doubt that it's his choice. It's the campaign, right? So I don't think that Biden even knows who Louis C.K. is. And he'd probably be like, what is this? Like, he doesn't know. Right. So I'm sure like, what if it's, he's a you big know, fan? Probably- what if Joe Biden's <laughs> listening to our show right now and going, I really like that weird experimental movie he did. I got but it. Also, why was that my impression of Biden? Was, oh, <laughs> I mean, I like Biden. I do. I'll, I'll say it. Oh, who's the Louis C.K. man? <laughs> but I'm sure that was like a conversation. I guess, yeah, I guess it was the right choice. They don't need the 2800 They need the bad publicity is not worth $3,000 for that, mm-hmm, you know. And mm-hmm. then like then it's a slippery slope because are you looking at every are you looking into the background of every donor? Or is it just because Louis is famous and. Right. You know? I, I agree with you. And also it's, you know, it's a little bit like. I don't, I don't want to be this person, but it's almost a little cancel culture-y like, oh, okay, yeah. so he's not in jail. Right. Like it's not, it's not Harvey Weinstein. It's not like right. oh, Harvey Weinstein donated to my campaign before he went to jail. So now I don't feel right about taking it. It's like, it is kind of weirdly making a judgment on, well, I think his money's dirty, even though no charges have ever been pressed. You know what I mean? Totally. Yes. And there were a lot of people that were sort of, you know, some some rightfully so, maybe some not so during, you know, when everybody was getting canceled and outed like, um, you know, a lot of people were just kind of it just like remember the like what if James Gunn, the director, if he donated, would they return that? Because I personally like James Gunn and I'm so glad that he got his movies back. But he had these like terrible tweets 
that resurfaced from many years ago. So he got canceled. Remember, he got fired by Disney. Then he got rehired, but I'm sure he yeah, donated. What did he stuff. say? What was it? What oh, were his they tweets? were bad. They were bad. I wouldn't even repeat them. They were jokes. He was trying to make. He was trying to make shocking jokes. It was like at a time where everybody was doing that and trying to outshock each other. So it was mostly involving like little boys. Like it was. It was not. Oh, none of them yeah. were funny. I remember it was yes. But he's not that person, of course. Like he's actually genuinely a good guy, and I love that the cast including Chris Pratt, who's like a very religious person, you know, so he could have gone the other way. Uh-huh. He's like, no, I'm not going to make the movie with another director. And they basically pressured, uh, you know, Disney to rehire him, which I was, I was at, pleased about. But like, what if, is he pleased? Why am I talking like that? <laughs> I was actually quite pleased. <laughs> but I, I'm sure, I mean, there's so many people that have done weird things. And, you know, I don't know, are they going to... Is everyone going to get their money returned? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see if I get my money returned. If they go, not a fan of your podcast, Missy. Missy. <laughs> and for the record, by the way, I didn't like the James Gunn tweet. They were ter- They were terrible. And I, he should have been embarrassed. They were disgusting. Not funny. Right. I mean, um, yeah. So I don't know. So that's that's that story. And that's our show. Yeah. Well, actually, it kind of is. Are yeah. We, we, oh, well, we still have. God, we have a lot more to talk about. Do we want to do we want to save Fiona Apple for next time? I mean, you could touch on Fiona Apple. I li- you told me to listen to the Fiona Apple album and I did. I listened to the whole album last night. Uh Oh, OK. Before you tell me what you think, can I just say I yeah. love it? OK. Hey. And and Steph and I have had a very uh, long going joke. What? long going, <laughs> ongoing joke about Fiona for a long time. And I don't remember like what, do you remember the joke where I always pretend like Fiona Apple was here? Yeah. Well, you were a big fan of hers. And also you were dating somebody who worked at Largo a lot. So we were oh. pretending that we were part of the Largo crowd so much so that we were hanging out with Fiona Apple, which we weren't, but I was, I'd gone on like five or six dates with John Bryan, which we talked about before he was producing Fiona's record. I was never included in any of the cool, anything, anything at all. And so the joke was this, like, so Stephanie would call me. So just call me and be like, Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, um, I have to be really quiet because Fiona is sleeping and she, (laughs) as you know, is a very sensitive, very grumpy, very grumpy. (laughs) And she's here and she's like kind of thinking of new records. And we got, we found these old, remember it was like, oh, I found this weird like zipper that she could zip up and down and make that into like a drum. Yeah. So it was always, and so it was funny when she put out this album because the whole thing is that it's her new album. She dropped it kind of secretly overnight. Nobody was expecting it. And uh, she uses like the weirdest things as drums. She has dogs barking on it, cats meowing. Right. Cause, and she yodels and she makes dolphin sounds like Yoko Ono. And I could see how someone might not like that. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. I, I had a feeling it was going in that. Okay. So you didn't like any, was there anything that you liked from the album? Nothing. I hated it. And I was, I, yeah. And the problem with me is that if what I like, I like a lot of music that other people are like, uh, you know, that John will tell me, I don't know. She's, there's no hits on there. It's not catchy, but Mm -hmm. I did not find anything melodic or like anything catchy. Well, I don't think there's anything melodic about it, but I mean, what about that song for her? That's kind of just like. It's like a, it's like a howl. It's like a, 
it's like a cry into the night. I just, I thought it was, it reminded me of so much of it was very Ani DeFranco, who we both love, I think. Yeah, but I think, I, but most Ani DeFranco songs that I love are of the melodic variety. So you like sort of the older, I didn't like her once she brought in all those horns. When she like started going jazzy and like brought in trumpets, I, I, she lost me. I think I might've liked her then. Well, some of the horns, like you like Little Plastic Castles, which is great. Yes. But I actually, I, Ani lost me when she got really happy. I got confused. I didn't understand why she wasn't so angry at men anymore. And I didn't, she didn't speak for me anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In a weird way. Now I'm, now I'm okay. Do you want but, to know how I started liking Ani DeFranco, by the way? Me? Me? Me. Do you want to know how I started, how I discovered her? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant, I, I thought you meant because of me, but yes. No, this is how I discovered her. I was at, I was the first time going to an all nude strip club. Hmm. So had been to topless strip bars many, many times, but I'd never experienced a bottomless as well. I guess bottomless. Bottomless. Sure. (laughs) And I was so uncomfortable. Right. I mean, we're watching the strippers. I was with Lisa Sunstead and, (laughs) and a couple of guys. And all you could drink is water there. So all the guys are, everybody has to be sober unless you come in already drunk uh, right. because you can't have alcohol and vaginas. It's it's one <laughs> or the other. If you're sure, going to have vaginas, you can't have alcohol. If you just want to see tits, but no vaginas, you could drink all you want. So anyway, but, but we were curious. So we're in there and we're watching the strippers and not trying to be rude, but I was so freaked out because I'm like, I don't want to be, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a gynecologist. I don't want to be looking into somebody's lady bits. You're not a gynecologist. I used to be. Uh I'm not now. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. You used to be. Okay. So super uncomfortable. (laughs) And we're, and we're literally trying to make small talk with the dancers because they see women and they will come over because they want, they, they want to titillate the women so that the guys, Mm -hmm. the women are with tip them more to continue doing well, that. Okay. Okay. So, so we're, uh, so I'm like asking questions like, um, I love your shoes. Where'd you get them? Like, you know, trying to make small talk and look away anyway. <laughs> uh, what this da- this one dancer came out and was dancing to a song that I got really obsessed with the song and I left the little area and went to the DJ booth and I, I'll never <laughs> forget the DJ was super annoyed like that's not what they're used to mm-hmm. is people going, uh, what song is this? <laughs> love it. I love there it. There was no Shazam at the time. You couldn't no. like figure it out. Right? right. So I asked what song it was. And, uh, the guy goes, uh, Ani DeFranco. And I was like, who? Ani. And then he like spelled it out for me. It's called 31 flavors. Oh my God. The irony of this story isn't just like, it's incredible. That she's such a feminist. Yeah. No, I know. It's pretty funny. So that's the, so I was like, oh, so that was my big, so I went home. I think I went out like that day and got the CD or whatever, and then started loving Annie DeFranco. That is the best album. I love that. She has like five. She has so many albums. She has like a hundred, which you kind of, you can't stay with people forever. Right. Like sometimes you just, you go, but she, there's like five or six that just hold up. They would make my desert Island. She's great. I, I'm not saying that Fiona, they're very different, but this particular Fetch the Bolt Cutters is the Fiona album, the new one. Mm-hmm. You don't even like, okay, you didn't like the one about the late, like, girls having each other's backs. 
I did, wasn't really listening to the lyrics because I was so put off by it. the the yeah. tone kept changing every song. Sometimes it would be like really cutesy, but then there was also a weird. Was it that when she was making dolphin noises when she was going? Yeah, like, that woman Monroe got like, really upset. What's happening? I know that was at the end of I think Fetch the Bull Cut. I, I get confused. <laughs> I mean, she. A lot of people are comparing it to Tom Waits, who like don't yell at me. I know that's cool to love Tom Waits, but I never could really connect to it. So people are saying it's cut because she'll change tempo in the middle of a song. She'll change yeah. the tone. But I she's all about the lyrics like Fiona is. The, that's kind of what you listen for. So maybe I know I know you don't want to go back and, and listen to the whole thing. But the lyrics are just like she's a she's a poet. Seriously, well, I'll read it like I'm happy to like read the lyrics somewhere. Is there a I mean, book? I, I've had you on speaker this whole time and she's laying on the couch. She's exhausted. You know, she just put out this whole thing, gave all these interviews. And, and it was I, eight I, years in the making. I heard it was eight years in the making. And she's and she's mad at you right now because she can hear you. I'm sorry. I That's, should have told you. You shouldn't have put me on this. You, I feel kind of betrayed right now. It's like when you were in junior high, when someone would call somebody on three-way. Yes. People did that. I fell for it every time, too. They'd be like, what do you think of Scott? Or what do you think of Courtney? And I was like, I don't like Courtney. And I was like, yeah. I'm Courtney. <laughs> I'm here. But it's funny because the Fiona album, the one thing I thought you might not like was that she's talking a lot about how she was treated in middle school, which I think she's a little old to be. I mean, yeah, sure. Go through it. I get it. It was terrible. Right. Isn't me. she in her 40s? Yeah. So that was a big thing. She talked about how she believed all the bullies and she names names, which is kind of interesting. But her theme, her biggest theme is that women should stick together, that we're not in competition, which I love. Um, and it took her, she said it took her a really long time to figure that out. Well, she's and, so competitive with you. <laughs> well, it's weird because when you live together, <laughs> you know, it's also just like who's who ate the rest of the peanut butter and who. So I don't even know if it was competitive. She just. So you, okay. So you dated John Bryan. While do, he was producing her album, by the way. Right. But were you dating? Cause I, or was it, cause I also remember that wasn't that the time of like Amy Mann too? Wasn't she, it was very alternative time and all, Amy Mann hung out at Paul oh, Thomas well, Anderson. She was around, but she was married to, um, Romeo and black jeans that John always makes fun of. Oh What's yeah. 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 Michael, Michael Penn. Who I love. But yeah, I think maybe maybe in the 80s or something, she and John had a thing. John Bryan and I never dated. We went out on like five or six dates. But it was, you know, I mean, he wasn't my boyfriend, but he never included me in that world. Like we'd go out, he would take me to dinner and he'd sleep over. And it was like kind of, I thought maybe, but I told you I was, I could never be, I was never going to be cool enough for that. You know? I just remember you kind of pining for him a lot. Oh, yeah. And being so was, sad. Like, and then he, he'd like sleep over, but then yeah. you wouldn't hear from him for a while. And then like, you'd be like, I months. don't know if I'm dating him anymore. But then you, <laughs> you go to the Largo, Largo and run into him and then he'd act like you guys were still dating. Sometimes he'd be really nice. I mean, this spanned maybe a year's time. So when I say like five dates, it was over a year. And I said this before, I'll say it again. He didn't do anything wrong. Like he was a really pretty nice guy. He just wasn't all that into me. He was probably like hanging around a lot of people. And I, and I, I don't even know the, the way we met is I had gone to a, I think another show at Largo and I was leaving and he's like, hey, and he kind of grabbed my arm. And he's like, I've seen you around here and I've always wanted to ask like your name and who you are and for your number. 
Oh, really? Yes. I mean, I, like, imagine I didn't have that much going on. I don't have like huge life events, you know, and it was just this musician that I just, I still like to this day. I ran into him recently. He was really nice and it was cool. And so, but yes, the, the joke was though, that he would like literally come from a recording session with Fiona. Right. And then meet me for a drink at El Compadre. It was like, why though? <laughs> I mean, I never really understood. I was, you know, I was like, it was why. But the joke with us was that we just were never going to hang out with those people because we weren't cool. I wasn't cool. You were cool. I was not cool. I was I so not cool. Who was who was less cool, though? I really want to get to the bottom of that. Let's ask somebody. Cool. Yeah, I was. I mean, if you look at our maybe. Yeah, me. I was less cool. No, I think I was less cool. But the difference is I didn't really care. Yeah, but that's what makes because I cool. was so uncool. No, just because I didn't know who those people were. I didn't have like the greatest taste. And I mean, you know, I I, I take you them. back to my sort of not dating David Cross to show you like how uncool I was, but didn't care. Right. OK, that's fair. But I think that's what makes you cool is that you didn't. I was really I was very into all that. I still love the Largo thing, but it just never it was like I wanted to be a member of a club that was just never going to have me. Even yeah. if some of it stepped over, there just always wasn't cool. I just wasn't in. It's fine. How it's did this good. all happen? I don't know. But <laughs> oh, all right. it's Fiona. So you didn't like. In conclusion, you didn't like the Fiona album. I did, but I I understand. I'm not going to fight you on it because I could I could argue both sides. Well, I would love to see other people's opinions. It's tough. Yeah, it's a rough it's you got to listen like six times <laughs> all the way through and then you'll get it. OK, well, if people want to do that, enjoy. <laughs> I'm probably not going to listen to it six times. We'll see. Or even two. OK. But, all right. So next next week, so mm -hmm. much more good stuff, more stories. Yeah, more we laughs. have a lot we didn't get to. We didn't even get to like five stories that I had for us today. We will. And we're going to get to we both have had some little kerfuffles on next door. Mm -hmm. com. <laughs> so we'll go over that. Okay. So that is for the following Monday. Uh, but until then join our Facebook group board AF and, um, chat with us, fight us. No, don't fight us. I don't yeah, I get, fight I'm us. Fight no, fight Stephanie. Fight Do not me. fight me. Fight me. Yeah. She'll, she'll fight for me. I'm just not, I'm not good at the fighting. All right. And hire me to do a cameo. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how much I don't like Fiona Apple. Don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I like her. Boy, I'm so, okay. I'm so protective of her. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.